If uh, the, the aliens like manufactured you to be uh, a nah. mixed martial arts fighter, they're like, let's see if we can just turn. This I'm sure. Into I would, a bad it, I'm sure if it would have happened, I would have been much better than than, than this. Much know? better than this. You're the fucking champion. What are yeah, you talking but about? if I would be alien manufacturer, I would be a <laughs> Superman. You know. This fight is five rounds for the undisputed UFC lightweight championship of the world. Introducing first, fighting out of the blue corner, a mixed martial artist with a professional record, 21 wins, 3 losses. He stands 5 feet 9 inches tall, weighing in at 154 and 1 half pounds. Fighting out of Dublin, Ireland, he is the pride of Ireland, he is the former UFC featherweight champion of the world and the former UFC lightweight champion of the world. He is the challenger, the notorious Conor McGregor. Now introducing his opponent, fighting out of the red corner. A combat sambo fighter with an undefeated professional record of 26 wins, 0 losses. He stands 5 feet 10 inches tall, weighing in at 155 pounds. Fighting out of Dagestan, Russia, he is the reigning, defending, undisputed, undefeated UFC lightweight champion of the world, Khabib the Eagle Nurmagomedov. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, aliens, Martians, any conscious being tuning into the podcast, we are less than nine weeks away from Conor McGregor's return to the UFC. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, aliens, Martians, any conscious being tuning in to episode 29 of Martian Mixed Martial Arts. I decided to give this episode a special introduction just because I've been waiting for this moment for so long. Conor McGregor's return to the octagon, Conor McGregor's return to glory, Conor McGregor's time to silence the Russian, uh, you know, there was a time for respect, you know, I respected Khabib after his win, I respected him and that he finally got his belt, I respected how humble he was and how professional he was throughout his entire career, but the time for respect is over, because when one of us goes to war, all of us go to war, that's what Conor McGregor said, and you know, I'm only one-eighth or something like that Irish, but I feel 100% when it comes to Conor McGregor, man, there's there's nothing that can come between me and my man, it's not a, a bus attack, not a failed drug test, not losing a uh, fight to Nate Diaz, not get knocked out by Floyd Mayweather, nothing. I'm still going to believe, and I'm still going to be riding with Conor until until October uh, 6th, when he gets his lightweight belt back, you know? This fight already has odds announced, you know, guess who already has money on Conor? You know, the guy who believes, the guy who believes he's going to ice him. I don't know if it's going to be in the first round, it's going to be in the second round, you know, but... Uh, Connor's going to ice him. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, could be very, very respectful skills. We can break down the fight, obviously, once it gets closer. But I'm sorry, Mr. Nurmagomedov, you stand no chance. 
So um, just get out of the way and let Connor get his belt back. Well, you know, actually, we want to see the entertainment of you know, uh, you know, getting that flush knockout because it, it's gonna be he's gonna make it look just as easy as his last opponents, man. Aldo, you know, Aldo Alvarez, Poirier, all these guys were supposed to come in there and stop McGregor. You know, first it was Poirier, then it was Aldo, uh, then it was Alvarez, and you know, all three of them fell. They fell hard, and uh, either in the first or the second round, which is which is will uh, where Khabib will fall too. So that's enough of that fight. We're going to talk about UFC 227 that went down this past weekend. Um, it uh, it was a great pay per view. Uh, didn't didn't look too appealing uh, of a card, you know, from from a, a distance. After uh, but after observing the matchups and you know studying some tape and looking at the betting lines, it became a hell of a lot more interesting. So uh, let's start off with the first fight on the card. We had Marlon Vera defeat uh, Wuliji Beren with a knockout. Man, Marlon Vera was minus 600 in this fight or something like that, minus 470. And he didn't really look in there, man. You know, he looked like, uh, you know, he looked like a little bit of an underdog almost. He, uh, you know, Buren wasn't ever putting him in trouble necessarily. It just Marlon didn't look that good. And there's a good reason for that is because he should never be minus 470. He's a, you know, a, a decent, a good fighter, but he's not minus 470 pretty much against anybody in the roster. And there was a couple moments there when, you know, it looked like Buren could be, you know, taking over this fight. And, um, very interesting. I think he might even won the Willigi Beren might have won the first round. So pretty impressive uh, for him. I mean, not really. He the guy's kind of a bum. But uh, eventually, Marlon Vera puts him away with a body shot in the second round to save himself. Uh, next fight we had Zang, uh, Willie Zhang making her UFC debut, defeating Danielle Taylor by uh, decision, two rounds to one. Not much to say about this fight except for Zhang not looking as good as we thought. You know, she. Uh, everyone expected her to come in and be this super active, you know, uh, aggressive striker like she was in her other fights, but that didn't happen. In, uh, you know, a couple reasons. You know, uh, it was her UFC debut. Obviously, you're not not trying to, you know, be uh, make a fool of yourself in your debut and you know be too aggressive. And she also fought a pretty hard uh, counter puncher, Danielle Taylor. Taylor's got no skills except for you know winging uh, haymakers, but she she throws hard punches, man. She'll uh, she doesn't really have much defense, much footwork, much any thing but she can wing some punches pretty hard and uh, I think Zhang must have gotten hit with a couple of them and she switched up her game plan after that next fight we have Alex Perez defeating Jose Shorty Torres by knockout in the first round three minutes and 36 th three minutes and 36 seconds excuse me in three minutes and 36 seconds Alex Perez landed 104 significant strikes one of the most insane performances I've ever seen this dude just put an absolute beating on Jose Torres in this first round man the output the act the accuracy the striking of this dude incredible incredible his pro his KO prop was like plus 1350 and this dude just put a world beating on Shorty Torres like that Pretty impressive, man. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of Alex Perez in the future because you know we we know the dude can wrestle. We know he's got skills on the ground, and now he comes in and he uh, lights up a, a striker uh, in his first fight. So uh, you know, amazing performance there. Nice fight. We had Shaman Morales Marias defeat uh, Matt Sales. Yeah, uh, didn't really watch this one too too closely. This was my uh, my my weekly cook a steak while UFC is on fight. So you know I was chefing up in the kitchen while this fight was going on, and didn't really see too much of it. Uh, it looked like Shaman gassed in the third, though he won the first two rounds pretty comfortably, and Matt came back in the the 
third and won that one pretty comfortably. Uh, the commentators were saying how good uh, Sales' cardio was compared to Mariah's, but shit, man, uh, you're down 2-1 on the scorecards. It doesn't really matter. Uh, there's no, there's not two extra rounds to go. Uh, Matt Sales needs to learn how to put it together in the beginning, you know, instead of saving his cardio for later. Next fight we had Ricardo Ramos defeat Kyoho Kang twenty nine or split decision. Uh, you know I thought I thought Kang should have or uh, yeah Kang should have won this one. Um, you know unfortunate decision. Uh, I don't remember I don't remember the the bits and pieces of this fight too much, but I do remember typing in uh, the sure dog forums that I thought Kang won at twenty nine twenty eight. A couple other people did too, um, but you know unfortunately uh, he didn't he did not get the decision. Next fight, we have Ricky Simon just completely outclassed Montel Jackson, um, you know, t taking him down, just looking really good. Montel, a lot of hype coming in behind him, a lot of his, his the betting line on this fight totally flipped, you know, my, Ricky Simon minus 200, all the way up to plus 110, 115, just in crazy, crazy line movement. And uh, Ricky Simon shuts everybody up and, you know, wins the fight by decision. Really high level wrestler, pretty, uh, pretty good fighter, Ricky Simon. Montel Jackson looks super hesitant, really bad for his debut. And uh, last fight on the prelims, we had Pedro Munoz defeat Brett Johns. Uh, and a pretty incredible fight, man. Pedro Munoz was, you know, just beating the living hell out of Brett Johns. And Brett Johns was just staying alive. Uh, Munoz must have knocked him down maybe two or two or three times throughout the fight. And Johns just refused to quit and somehow saw this fight to go to a decision. So, you know, good performance from Munoz. Not really much finish, finishing ability showed from him, though. And just incredible, incredible toughness shown by Johns. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to have to put a pause in the podcast right now. It's not going to be much time for you guys listening, but I'm going to go to train Muay Thai real quick, and I will be back to record the other half of the episode when I get back. So I will talk to you guys in one second. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are back from Muay Thai. We had a great Muay Thai class, good sparring session, and uh, it's time to finish up the rest of this podcast. Uh, I haven't even showered yet, so I'm probably going to make this, uh, this last part a bit snippy. Um, so I don't sit here and soak up my staff infection. So uh, moving on, we left off at the pr the last Fox Sports prelim. We're gonna move on to the main card now, and man, what a main card! Like I said, you if you were a casual UFC fan, you probably only noticed five of these names, maybe six, you know. And uh, so that's not really a good indicator for a UFC pay per view main card. Uh, a lot of people, you know, just glance at that card and decide whether to buy it or to stream it, and you know. Names like this isn't going to make you want to buy it. So, but uh, you know, despite that fact, we still have some good fights. Um, so, so starting off with Thiago Santos defeating Kevin Holland by decision. Great story behind this one. Uh, Thiago Santos was supposed to fight um, somebody else. Let me see. I not Antonio Carlos. Jr. It doesn't. It doesn't say he was who he was supposed to fight. But uh, he was supposed to fight somebody and they got injured and apparently. Uh, it was, you know, hard to find a replacement, so Dana starts calling up all of the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series guys. They all turned down the fight, except for this one guy named Kevin Holland, who he saw on the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. He had a good fight. It was it was a good performance, but he was talking shit the entire fight, like in the octagon. He was talking to Dana. He was talking to the ref. He was messing with his opponent, all types of stuff. And, you know, he won by decision on that fight, and it didn't really impress Dana. Dana was like... You know, he didn't, like I said, it wasn't too thoroughly impressed. Didn't, didn't sign him. So he, he's calling all these people. All of them are turning the fight down. He goes, you know what? Give Big Mouth a call. 
And sure enough, Big Mouth accepts the fight, and he does exactly that in the fight. Kevin Holland is in the, is in the octagon talking the entire time. Damn, Dana, these elbows hurt. He's like, what the hell, Dana? He's taking me down. He's like, shit, man, why you why you punch me so hard? He's talking to Thiago Santos, man. He, he's awesome. He's a good star. He said, and Dana said that all the people, all the the Hollywood, uh, L.A. people, celebrities, you know, who are there cage side, weren't saying shit about any of the other fights, you know, any of the other, you know, pound for pound best fighters on the planet. They were talking about Kevin Holland, and they liked how he was talking during his fight, so... Seemed like he impressed, uh, you know, Dana in there. Came in on this fight short notice and went the distance with a very, very dangerous striker, Thiago Santos. Showed some good skills in the fight, too. Very, very rare skill we see in MMA is ground and pound defense. And Kevin Holland had some of the best ground and pound defense I've ever seen in the UFC. He was, you know, covering up punches. He was deflecting punches. He was using his knees to block him. He was, you know, using his elbows to block body punches. He was super active, you know, incredible stuff. A lot of people just sit there in the guard and try to hold you in their guard and try to get a stand-up or, you know, try to maybe pull off a submission. Kevin was just moving and, you know, avoiding the punches, which is great, you know. So he this fight was, was not likely at all to go to a decision, and Thiago Santos ended up uh, winning the fight by decision. Um, next fight we had JJ Aldrich versus defeating Poliana Viana. Um, interesting uh, fight in this one. You know, not so much from the f what happened in the fight, but the line, uh, the betting line movement on this one was insane. And this is what you call sharp money, ladies and gentlemen. There is a uh, you know ca I forget what the other one um, sharp money versus uh, I don't even know casual money. Um, I don't know. I don't. Um, you know. I don't know what the other word. But sharp, sharp money is when you call. Is when intense. You know, people who know bets. You know, who are you know into betting, gambling. They their money comes in on a on a line where you know the casual isn't seeing. The casual sees. You know, Pollyanna Viana is ten and one, super good on the ground. Aldrich maybe not so good on the ground. Uh, oh, okay. She should be uh, Pollyanna Viana should be two to one underdog, or two to one favorite. Excuse me. So that's where Pollyanna Viana opened up for this fight, minus 210. She went all the way up to, let's see, you know, she was down to minus 300 at some at some moments, which means J.J. Aldrich spiked up to, uh, opened at plus 160, got as high as 247, 250, you know? And then for the, the week before the fight, it steadily, steadily dropped as people in the community and were talking about how, you know, Aldridge is improving her training and she's working with Rose Namunas, how Viana is, his, her wrestling is not that good. And all of a sudden, the line goes from plus 250 to plus 133, uh, which is around where it closed, so, or 125 actually, which is just insane. You know, uh, just that it just goes to show that there is excellent, excellent advice to be taken from you know fellow betters and cappers out there, and you should definitely, definitely utilize that. Um, but as far as the fight, you know, Aldrich, you know, looked good. Viana, not so good. Good takedown defense, but nothing too special in this one. Next fight, we had Hinato Moiscano defeat Cub Swanson via knockout in the first round. Or not knockout, excuse me, submission in the first round. He dropped Cub Swanson with a stiff, stiff, stiff jab. One of the stiffest jabs I've ever seen. Just totally leveled Cub. Cub swarmed him with some ground and pound, took the back and sinked in a choke. Just excellent performance from Moiscano. This fight was, you know, 3-1 to one and go to the decisions, or to go to the scorecards. And Hinato just came in there and ended the show in the first, first round. 
So incredible performance, you know, Cub Swanson, they got to give that guy some easier fights, man. You know, Jesus Christ, man, they're giving this guy to the Wolves. Frankie Edgar and Hanato Moiscano back-to-back. You know, give him, give him uh, Arlen Lobov, give him Kawajiri, give him Duhu Choi. Those are the type of caliber he needs to be fighting right now. So moving along to the co-main event, the, probably the most, uh, you know, not controversial, but the most discussed uh, outcome of this pay-per-view, and that is Henry Cejudo pulling off the 4-1 to upset on Demetrius Johnson to win by split decision to dethrone the longest champion in UFC history. Not the longest, but the most successful UFC champion in history. 11 title defenses, Demetrius Johnson. He wins the fight 3-2 to on two scorecards, and he loses the fight 2-3 to on the other scorecard. You know, very, very interesting fight. Uh, watching the fight... Uh, I haven't rewatched it. I, I scored the fight for Demetrius. You know, I thought Henry Cejudo looked very good. He he trained well. He game planned well. He everything was great. His takedowns were on point. His cardio was on point. But that's all that was really on point. You know, his cardio and his takedowns and his game plan. That stuff was good. But his execution, man, it it was it was subpar at best. I want to say. So, Henry Cejudo would go all out for a takedown. He would land some, you know, beautiful Olympic-level takedown. The guy's a gold medal Olympian wrestler. Um, takedown Demetrius Johnson. And then he would just hold Demetrius for a really long time. And, you know, he took him down in the first fight, but he tried to, you know, ground and pound, try to go for a submission, and all before you know it, Demetrius was free. This time, Cejudo game-planned differently to take him down and hold him down and, you know, try to win some rounds that way. So, you know, you heard Demetrius or Cejudo's coaches screaming out the timing of the round throughout this fight which is interesting because like they they you know as much as i don't agree agree with this decision and i think it's terrible that they took you know demetrius johnson's belt away on this razor thin of a decision uh these his henry sudo and his coaches planned very well for this man they knew they had the steel rounds they knew that demetrius isn't the type to get finished to get caught with a punch to get you know caught with a submission he's not that type of guy he's too good you're gonna have to beat him on points uh, which i didn't think was possible you know a lot of people were like oh you can't beat demetrius on points you have to knock him out you know stuff like that which is what i was thinking um but henry cejudo man he he his coaches would go two minutes and he would know that two minutes that's enough time for me to shoot you know sprawl you know getting some you know uh some uh, scramble and then end up with a takedown and then end end the round with 90 seconds with of dominant position so his coach would go henry two minutes and then five seconds later henry would shoot get him down and they'd hold him down for 90 seconds and that would steal the round you know and you know i don't when they when i say steal around it's it's a word that that it's a you know it's not really a high level term for a round for, for scoring, you know, if the guy's winning the first three or four minutes of the fight standing like Demetrius was and then gets taken down and, and the person on top does nothing but hold them there and just, you know, what does that mean? And uh, to me, it, me it doesn't mean much, you know, obviously to the Las Vegas, Nevada judges, it means a lot because we have a new champion. But, you know, Demetrius controlled this fight on the feet. He controlled the pace. Um, he reversed a lot of Cejudo's grappling well and but the only thing Cejudo did was you know was was wrestle and obviously he like I said Olympic level wrestler he used his advantage uh and you know he made the most of an opportunity I can't I can't knock the dude for that he he put on a great performance but it just I don't know I don't know I I scored this fight three rounds to two for Demetrius Johnson um I believe the first round 
the third round and the fifth round were Demetrius. Let me, let me check. MMADecisions.com. We can see the average. Um, let's see here. Round one, 97% for Demetrius Johnson. Okay, no doubt about it. As Demetrius is round. Round two, 65% for uh, Henry Cejudo. Close round. Um, round three, Demetrius Johnson, 92%. Uh, Cejudo, round four, 80, 88%. So we have three clear rounds, which were one and three for Demetrius and four for Cejudo. And then two close rounds, two and five, which both people edged out to Cejudo. Man, I don't know. I, I, I have to go. I guess I have to go back and watch the fight over again and see how effective those takedowns were. But man, I, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think he. Uh, I don't think Henry Cejudo did enough to dethrone the champ. You know, and we've seen fights before where the where the champion and the challenger have had very very close fights, and we thought the challenger has done enough to dethrone the champion, and it ha and they they lost the decision. I can think of. Two instances right off the top of my mind. UFC 167, George St. Pierre versus Johnny Hendricks. GSP, champ for 10 years in Nevada. Uh, you know, close, close fight. It was three rounds to two either way, and the judges gave it to GSP. UFC 195, Carlos Condit versus Robbie Lawler. Carlos Condit probably won that fight. Robbie Lawler, much more, uh, you know, I wouldn't say established, but, you know, had a bigger, bigger name recognition at the time, was the champion, had def uh, had defended his belt in Nevada, and then the judges go ahead and give that fight to Robbie Lawler again when most people disagree. It's, it's you know, I, I wouldn't say that Dimitri, you know, I, I can't say that, I know, I've been going back and forth in this fight, you know, all the past couple of days, just thinking what I think about it, and it's, here's what, here's what we can, is, is definite, we need to see an immediate rematch, there's no doubt about it, Henry, or Demetrius Johnson defended his belt 11 times in a row, uh, was one of the best athletes, the best fighters, the best pound for pound fighters we've ever seen in the octagon, there's no doubt about it, he needs a rematch right away, um, yep. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll leave it at that. I'm really looking forward to the trilogy. Uh, congrats to Henry Cejudo on getting the nod in this one. You know, like I said, he showed up. He was game. He was game as anyone as uh, that ever fought D Demetrius has. You know, with the, Tim Elliott and, and Cejudo were the were the two uh, most competitive fighters who showed up there. So you know, good good for good for um, Cejudo. The most impressive thing is is the mental aspect of it is that he overcame the fact that he got dominated in the first round of their first fight, and he came back and you know was in a competitive twenty five minute fight with the the best ever, one of the best ever. So, congrats to Cejudo and uh, looking forward to the rematch. Last but not least, the main event: T.J. Dillashaw defeats Cody Garbrandt with a barrage of punches and knees at four minutes and ten seconds in the first round. Man, beautiful performance by T.J. Cody, not so much. You know, Cody seemed to have a lot of the same problems as the first fight. Didn't really seem to correct himself too much. Didn't seem to improve too much, and you know, got caught in the same exact exchange as the first fight. Um, you know, T.J. Man. TJ Dillashaw is one of the most exciting fighters ever in the UFC, man. When he hurts you, he chases a finish more ferociously and aggressively than any other fighter, you know, since since Anderson Silva, I want to say, man, he he rocked Cody with one punch and 
you know, some guys, oh man, I heard him with that one. I don't want to get too overzealous and get caught. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll just win the round. I'll try to finish him next round. Or, oh, I got him. I got him hurt. I won this round. You know, I'll just coast to a decision. A lot of, a lot of fighters think a lot of different ways. Not TJ Dillashaw is unique in a complete killer instinct, man. He, he will hurt you. He will stay composed and he will finish you with an elite technical barrage of strikes, man. Kicks, knees, punches, elbows. He's, he's ferocious. And, uh, you know, Hennon Brow, one of my favorite fighters ever. You know, I was on the wrong side of TJ finishing him twice. You know, I was on cheering for my fighter when he was getting that barrage laid on him. And man, it felt so good to be to be cheering TJ as he was landing a barrage for one of these uh, this time. Um, you know, I was uh, I was super super excited uh, for this fight. I'm actually gonna I'm I'm gonna play you uh, the video uh, of myself listening to the finish of this fight because I saw the finish coming and I picked up my phone and I started recording on Snapchat. And uh, here's the video for you. He's out. He's out. Stop it. Step step in there, Herb. Step in there, Herb. Step in there, Herb. He's out. He's out. Hell of a performance by TJ Dillashaw. Hell of a finish, man. That barrage at the end, man. That he grabbed the back of the head and just he met his knee with like the back of uh, with the front of Cody Garbrandt's face, man. Just the most brutal strike you can do to him, man. Honestly, you just grab the back of his head and just lead it in your knee. Landed a couple of those, man. Props to Cody for standing up. You know the dude's chin is a little suspect. He gets caught with punches pretty easily. But he doesn't really go down too easily. He, he we've never seen him, you know, go, you know, unconscious. We've seen him, you know, go pretty limp and get stumbled and be out of it. We never seen him, you know, limp. So, um, you know, just great card from 227. You know, like I said, it was, you know, looking a little lackluster on paper, but it really delivered with a lot of great performances. The best performances uh, in order. Um, I would, I mean, TJ's was just so flawless. I would give him the number one performance. Um, I would go ahead and give Cejudo the number two because you know he just you know showed up. He, he was game. He he you know beat D, T, beat DJ on the cards. Uh, you know Henato Moiscano coming in as number three is super super impressive. Uh, Alex Perez looked incredible. I would say he was a fourth. And, and man, you know a lot of a lot of individual performances. Even some of the losers in this fight. Like I said, Kyoho Kang. Uh, I thought he went won his fight. You know, he lost it officially, but, you know, things are looking up for him. Brett Johns, you know, gained a lot of stock in that fight with how tough he was. Same with Kevin Holland. So, uh, you know, even the losers in this one had to have some bright spots to look forward to. You know, it did incredible. You know, three uh, three million dollar gate, 18,000 uh, in attendance for the sellout. You know, a couple years ago, uh, we would have a, a heavyweight co-main event, and the, the arena would be, you know, semi-full, half-full. And then by the time the main event came around, it was like a flyweight main event. The the building would be, a, you know, a quarter full. It would be half-empty. Um, and the fans would be leaving before the flyweights. And now people are respecting the flyweights. They're loving their fights. They're in. You know, Dana White said this. He's like, they were understanding. They were cheering for takedowns. They were cheering for submission reversals. You know, the fans were, were into this one. And it's, it's great to see that, the, you know, I, I know that for a fact. I've been in, in UFC events when, when Khabib has shot for a leg and everyone in the arena goes, <gasps> 
because everyone knows like they know what takedowns are now they, they know that wrestling isn't boring they know that you know jujitsu isn't stalling they know that that, that this shit is you know mixed martial arts and there's there's different aspects and there's different tutelages of uh, of arts to the sport and you got to respect all of them so it's great to see the fact that fans are finally coming around to enjoying the technical aspect of the flyweight and the bantamweight division um you know, bantamweights are so fucking exciting. Uh, like I said, Alex Perez, uh, he was a flyweight. Oh, man. So bantamweight and flyweight, man, just looking off in this pay-per-view in every every direction. We have a lot to talk about uh, whether, you know, uh, obviously, Suhudo Demetrius is the rematch to make. But at 135, man, we got ourselves a little bit of a debacle. We got three people who deserve, or not deserve title shots, but are in, in the contention for title shots. Marlon Marias, who has looked, you know, just sensational lately. Um, he coming off that knockout of Jimmy Rivera, you know, he knocked out Aljamain Sterling. He had uh, won a split decision over um, D- John Dodson, right? Um, I'm trying to find this fucking uh, Marlon Rice record. Here we go. Um, you know, split decision over John Dodson, lost a close split decision to Rafael Sunsau. That's the other one, Rafael Sunsau, man. This dude is like 11 and one, uh, 12 and one in his past 13 fights or something like that. Dude's incredible. Um, hard to hard to turn him down but the most deserving of all would be the last man to defeat T.J. Dillashaw and that would be Dominic Cruz the former Bantamweight champion himself so um, you know it, it's going to be tough to see what they do in this one uh, I think Marias and Cruz are neck and neck for you know who deserves the fight obviously the person who doesn't get the next title shot they should be matched up against one another i think marias versus a sun sour rematch would be super good to see after their closest decision or you know marias versus uh marias versus or i'm sorry um Cruz versus uh, a sun sour. that fight has also never happened that would be really good to see so like i said a lot of bright spots going uh going on with this card and uh, i'm just going to scroll through um you know r slash mma to see if we have any oh big news stories so um nate diaz versus uh dustin poirier that fight was announced literally one hour before i finished last week's episode so obviously um looking forward to that one that's a hell of a unique matchup who the hell knows to expect with it you know uh i seems like nate diaz was expecting to fight on the same card as connor which obviously you know anybody would want you to get the exposure you might get some points on the pay-per-view way more fans just everything about it and um you know it seems like they put him on the the madison square garden card and he doesn't want to fight on that card the one that's headlined by or not headlined the one that's stacked up with five middleweight fights brunson adesanya rockhold weidman costa uh, romero you know just rattling a few off um off the top of my mind let's see let's see what else they have announced for that that, that card it's an incredible incredible card I don't. Uh, I honestly wouldn't mind being on that card if I was a fighter. Um, let's see. And uh, yeah, Jacare Souza versus David Branch. So the middle four middleweight, um, huge marquee matchups on that one. Don't think we're gonna get a uh, Whitaker on the, and Gastelum on that card. I think it's a little too soon for that. Um, let's see what else we got going on here. Um, I don't think there's going to, uh, we're not going to talk about the UFC, uh, what is it? Lincoln, Nebraska card that goes down in two and a half weeks quite yet. We'll do another episode before then. I just wanted to give a quick UFC 227 recap for this one. Give a quick introduction to the Connor versus Khabib fight that is, uh, has been made. And, you know, just uh, give you know, my introduction on that one. Just super looking forward to that one on every single level. And, uh, you know, 
uh, I think that's going to be all for this episode. You know, this is uh, a very short episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed my little Bruce Buffer introduction in the beginning. I was uh, looking forward to doing that for a a long time. So I hope you enjoyed it. And this has been the 29th installment of Martian MMA. And ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, aliens, Martians, any conscious being tuning into the podcast, I thank you for tuning in. And I will catch you in episode 30. Uh, before UFC Lincoln, Nebraska in two and a half weeks. Peace.